Serum Visions is a Magic the Gathering podcast about iterative brewing. Each episode we work on a project, a deck, strategy, or archetype that we think has room for exploration and brew to the fringes of competitive deck building. In this episode, we welcome back Emiliano Sagasti, aka Mord, to the pod to discuss advancements with song of creation. After that, we'll talk about some early stage nonsense featuring wayward guide beast and ways to abuse it. Have a sip of your blink, Moth Tonic, and open your third eye. This is Serum Visions. Episode 29 of the Serum Visions podcast, coming to you from a Zendikar Guide Beast Ranch. I am one of your hosts, Brian Madden. Joining me is a man who made his fortune selling grinding stations, Arun Singh. How are you, Arun? I'm doing really well. You know, as soon as Breach was printed, a grinding station actually spiked to $10 a piece or something pretty insane when people were clamoring about how it's going to be so busted uh, and then did not realize it folds to a lot of hate and interaction including creature artifact enchantment like you name it it's nuts uh, but so that's kind of funny so you're not terribly wrong though i've only got four uh, but i'm doing very well you know did my peloton workout already woke up nice and early for the modern challenge you know scrubbed out pretty hardcore two three definitely the worst i've done in a while but it happens you know i learned a lot so that was nice but otherwise you know excited to get to record with you and our wonderful guest emiliano hell yeah also joining us is Urian's first choice as a companion, Emiliano <laughs> Sagasti. How are you, Emiliano? How are you guys? Thanks, Ryan. First time I have finally get to see she. Like, I have yeah. talked to you guys before, but we never connect. <laughs> yeah, this so is, yeah, that's true. That's, that is pretty exciting. Never managed to be on the same podcast yet, even though you've been on, I guess you've kind of been the replacement on Serum Visions when I haven't been here. So it all makes exactly. sense. Exactly. But yeah, this is exciting, you know. I never, I'll never forget, Ari, and I say this all the time, but arguing over Astrolabe in the five-color Niv Discord with, like, the whole Discord, everyone being like, no, you know, like, we don't need Astrolabe and Niv. It's just, it's wild. Wild times. She exposing the few weeks I hated Astrolabe. Exposing yeah, me for I, being an Astrolabe. I used to hate Astrolabe for the first two weeks, then I saw the light, and I couldn't come back. I mean, that's yeah. how, that's what happened. It, you, it wasn't just you. And, you know, like, I didn't think Astrolabe was super busted or anything. You know, what it came down to was Sam Black wrote an article saying, like, hey, this card is nuts. Here's a mana base for five-color <laughs> Niv. And, like, here's a whole bunch of bad cards, but here's a good mana base. And so I stole his mana base, and I stole the five-color Niv, like, general deck. And this is back when we were playing Tulsimir. Man, you remember those days, Niv? Bring to life for Tulsimir. Wayfarer's Quest. Three mana Domri for World of the Spark and Tolsimir. Yeah, those, New those... visit staples. Good times. So yeah, super exciting. <laughs> Sounds like a junk pile. I like it. I mean, this is <laughs> just Niv, five color Niv in those early days. That was a beautiful, beautiful deck. Yeah, I always thought that it was Tall Tales that you guys were arguing back in those days because I thought until today that you were the same person. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I buy it. We look very similar. We look, we, we look the same. I had never seen you all on together at the same time. That is true. And so, you know, what am I supposed to think? I mean, that would make it even more impressive that I frequent Mord's chat. And then, you know, like, so if I were Mord, so Mord would be in his chat, you know, acting as me while he's also playing the league. The double duty. Yeah. 
I have to perform. You could do it. I just, yeah, yeah. I just have to get, get my thinking hat and go like, okay, what would my second personality say? <laughs> she is like the Randy, like the Randy of Pana Simbal. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like, if I were a combo D-Gen, how would I act? <laughs> if I could only play combo and I hated interaction, what would I say right now? Uh, so astute listeners may notice that we don't have Zach this week because he is off fighting crime. Uh, wait, no, sorry, that's next week, I think. I don't know. Anyway, Zach's I think he's weird. at a tournament this week. <laughs> yeah, Zach is killing it with the paper results. Just, you yeah. know, he's at a big... He's at, uh, I think, a face. Maybe it's a face to face, a face to face open uh, right now. It is, yeah. And I think he's already he's made day two, which is already impressive. Yep. But he's, you know, he's he's just killing it, man. Like go Zach, repping well. Like once again, you know, just like this kind of proved in modern that if you pick a deck and if you learn it inside and out, you know, even if it's not the tier one deck, like you know, Zach's not playing. He's playing creativity, which is a good deck, you know, like maybe solid tier two point five two, like maybe three. You know, it's not Murktide, it's not Hammer Time, it's not any one of the big, like, boogeyman of the format of those super established ones, but he knows it super well, and he's consistently killing with it, which is great, exactly. to, see, great to see. I think this is a good opportunity to take out my trusty soapbox and say this is what's, you know, sort of a problem at looking at tier lists. Tier lists are, I think, just as much about what is popular as about what is actually good. Yeah, tier lists and are more, more about popularity than about real results. Yeah. And obviously the things that are top tier are top tier because they are good. There is a correlation. That doesn't... Yeah. But it's not 100% linear. Exactly, exactly. You, you you can always play your tier two, three, four, whatever nonsense, and if you know it well enough and it's powerful enough, you'll still perform Exactly. Well. Or also the fact that prices matters. Like the four, I think Canister was saying, like, the reason you don't see a lot of four-color Yorion is just because people can't pay the 1,600 the 1, oh, tickets. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, or in paper. There's actually someone in my LGS has the four-color Yorion deck. And, yeah, I mean, I face, I face them... Uh, at uh, at modern PBX, I crushed them because they were an exp- they're pretty inexperienced and also you know like <laughs> they have no interaction. I'm a combo deck, you know, like hot hot fucking damn, like that's that's all I want in life. <laughs> that's a dream. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean it's you know it was a big deck. He's like, yeah, I've gone to time every round. I'm just like, yeah, you know, these are <laughs> considerations you have to take into paper play unless you're moored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With this deck, or you play fast, <clears throat> or you just concede. Do you have the four color Yorion deck in paper mode? I have to ask for most of the cards to belong to me. Mm. But I have most of it. Like, I have yeah, to yeah. ask for, like, the Solitudes and the Furies I'm missing because I have most of it from the Nimmissed base. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I have to only ask for, like, the missing pieces after that. Which is not a lot, but it's some cards. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good segue into talking about the meta. Um, of course. I have been somewhat absent from the leagues for the past week or so. My schedule has not been kind. Uh, but, uh, you know, been keeping an eye on things, and you guys have been out there crushing it. Um, even though you, you scrubbed out of the challenge today, I mean, you're still out there at 4 a.m., well, at least for, <laughs> for you, Jiggy. Uh, yeah, not, not easy. Alarm goes off at 3.45, it's like... Oof, you know, it's like, this is what we sign up for. Pour a bowl of cereal, make a big cup of instant coffee, and all right, let's do it. <laughs> and let's go for it. 
So what's what's been what's been going in the uh, the meta this past week? Uh, it looked like a lot of the same, but different um, to me. You know, and seeing things like rhinos expanding their uh, their tastes to be urinos, which Urinos. is pretty funny. Yeah, um, everyone. I mean, I think what seems to kind of be happening is that fury and solitude are becoming more and more ingrained and just you know more and more as if they weren't already staples but they just they're so good they just become more and more staples like blue white control seems to be slightly on the decline at least from my experiences like today in the challenge i faced john saga twice which like i you know i'll maybe Oof. face just and this is you know i still if i wanted to stay in for the two three more rounds i could have i chose not to like i just dropped a two three but normally i'd only seen like one john saga per challenge you know like towards the end but this time I ran into two. Uh, I always, I always get paired against the stupid Grixis that Shadow Player. I don't know how. There's only like <laughs> two of them that are like still scraping by, in denial. Like, I want to face a Grixis Shadow Player. I have the solitudes. Yeah, I know. It's just like trying to convince them. I'm, but although you know, Corey Baumeister did just win the SCG Invitational uh, with Death Shadow. Uh, but all those split format and other things. Although he crushed it in modern. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't know how those Dazzle decks beat Solitude decks, and I don't know how they send, you know, like, blue-white control, chalice, prismatic, ending to fair. Like, they, they just crush any shadow decks. Uh, but, you know, I always get paired against the, the shadow player, and they, they crush me because, you know, like, what do you do against Darcy or Agavan Thoughtseize and, like, discard? You just get crushed. If you're playing a combo deck, you don't want to face shadow. Like, everyone yeah. knows that. That's, you can't win. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> I've, you know, sometimes I can steal a game, and even with, you know, like, I've been messing with variations on Breach that I'll talk about that should, in theory, have a better Shadow matchup, because then now they've, they're playing Prismatic Ending and a couple, a couple other, and Veil of Summer and a couple other things, uh, but it did, did not quite pan out, although even if I managed to steal a game, but it seems like Murktide was on decline, but now this week Murktide put up great results, so who really knows, you know, I think it's just, it seems to be pretty established where, you know, you have, like, your the five, ten top decks, and then just like the other, you know, like pretty much most decks are viable, and a lot of it is just do you queue into your good matchups or not? You know, it's like a big thing. Just like, are you the unfortunate combo player who plays against the Grixis, the Shadow deck? You know, like, are you maybe you're like the Black White Hammer Time deck, and instead of facing against the Blue White Control decks, which is why you smash black in the first place, you wind up facing like these silly elemental decks, and you're you know, your Dark Confidant is not going to save you from Solitude and Fury and Omnath. <laughs> it's nope. not. No, it is not. <laughs> it, it'll probably save you from, like, blue-white control, though. So just, I know, it's very... It just seems so strange, you know, almost like some kind of false sense of security. I'm extremely surprised, mostly by... Like, if I got to... The most shocking part of the weekend was Murktide making assertions for no apparent reason. Like, I can't pinpoint what happened. That all of a sudden, yesterday, they just won. Murktide crushed the meta. Yeah, I mean, it might be like Blue-White. I know Blue-White is... Blue-White versus Murktide, I think Blue-White is mostly favored. And Blue-White does seem to be on decline. I'm In leagues, I used to run into Blue-White, like, once, at least once a league, sometimes even two to three times a league. You know, it's like, sometimes it's like two Kahira decks and three Luris decks, and this is the world we live in. Uh, but I haven't even seen much Blue-White lately. So, you know, maybe that goes down. It's just, there's all these established decks that, you know, like, I'll send like a rock, paper, scissors, metagame, and it just, whatever happens, like, every weekend, people choose the decks they think that are going to be, you know, 
the winning decks in the rock, paper, scissors, and then you just see how the chips fall, essentially. It's kind of what it looks like to me. I don't yeah. know if this is good or bad. Like, do you have any... Like, so what are your thoughts on this? Like, do you think this is good for modern? Do you think this is healthy? Do you wish it would be different? What are your... What are each of your thoughts? Okay. Um, I think it's... I think it's particularly good when the meta can self-fix. Like, if you look at... This is not a very good example, but if you look at people complaining about the meta, you will see how two months and a half ago we have seen people complaining in a cycle from Van Mishra, Van Lurrus, Van Saga, Van Solitude, Van Saga, Van Solitude, Van Fury, Van Lurrus. People are... The Van Bandwagon is constantly shifting because another... Like, something small happens in the meta. The four-color deck appears. A new Lurrus Hammerville appears. Murtal gets fixed and is now playing considered and it's much better and four, and four Blood Moons to fight the meta. So now the problem is Darcy. And as it yeah. keeps self fixing itself, it's really good to see how it evolves, how people start realizing that not a single card is problematic, but how powerful a lot of new cards are. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly right. I mean, I I even like that we're seeing not just the same decks sort of rotating in and out of what's on top, but also people are still iterating on those decks right like like i said we went from rhinos to your rhinos and maybe that isn't a big leap right like maybe that's not <laughs> a crazy stretch uh, but, let's just add 20 cards in omnath and more pitch elementals what can go wrong i mean yeah but the fact of the matter is that there's still room for exploration there and i think that that means that there is also room for other decks to creep in um you know, because there are weaknesses, there there are downsides to throwing Urian in your your decks, mm -hmm. and so no. as these things change, <laughs> uh, sorry, no. there's not downside for you. Okay. There's downside oh. for most mere mortals. <laughs> um, yeah. But but as the decks continue to change, it opens up new avenues of attack, and that just means that the meta is even going to be like more churny, right? And I think mm -hmm. that's good. That's really what we want. We want that churn. So. All right, so I have two more questions for each of you. I think a good way to round up this meta discussion. Uh, you can answer them in whichever particular order you want to. The first question is, what do you think that a lot of the format now does seem like Modern Horizons constructed too? You like you like Modern Horizons too constructed, where you know like the best decks just like four Solitude, just like four Fury, like all the pitch elementals, Darcy or Agavan, just or the Saga, like so many of these like Archon. Some of these pickups from Modern Horizons too, and you know, oftentimes, you know, you just if you have need a white card for your deck, like sometimes you just want to do Solitude, and if you put anything but Solitude, your deck is you might even be, you know, like not optimal. Where Solitude is the optimal card, and there might be other fine cards, but like Solitude's prop might be the optimal one. So, what do you, how do you kind of think of that as aspect of Modern Horizons too? And like, do you think that counts as a success? Like, do you think it might be worth the gameplay? Like, the, the gameplay is a good enough trade-off that it all makes sense. Then the other one is if there's any cards that you two find particularly problematic. Like, for me, I mean, I'll just kind of start this one off. I think I don't like Teferi and I don't like Luris. Like, I don't think that they're oppressive. I mean, Teferi is actually, like, I don't know. It's just so stupid. It's just, I hate that card. Just not fun. You know, it's not interesting. It doesn't create dynamic games. You know, it's just like, here's my boom here's my bomb and like now you're playing hearthstone and i'm not 
And now, in addition to while you're playing Hearthstone, now a whole bunch of random things don't work. And then Luris, I don't know, I just hate just like the stupid Jun Saga deck, how they won for one, like Inquisition, Inquisition, Ragavan, Darcy, Push Your Thing, Tarmogoyf, and then, okay, you know, like, we're at parody, and then they just grab Luris, and it's just like, great, you know? Sucks. I don't, Lur yeah, I don't, I would, if I could do something, I would definitely, I would ban Luris and Teferi. And then leave everything else. But I'm curious that, you know, not saying this is right or not saying this would even be the best, but I do I do think this would lead to better gameplay. Hmm. I I I'm a degen. I I think everything's fine. I have no ill will towards any particular card or wow. cards. Um I don't know. I mean so there's two sides to this. I don't like the financial side. I don't like it when people are gated from playing decks that mm. they want to play because of the financial aspect. So from that side of things, I think Modern Horizons 2 sucks. I mm. think that the cards that they've introduced are fine. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like free spells. I don't really care either way. I think that the games that I've been playing have been fun. Um, I think that you are funneled into playing many of the modern horizons two cards but i also think that like there's nothing keeping you from playing a lot of your old cards that were fun as well so like like yeah so you know when you say like ahead. there's nothing keeping you from playing your old cards do you mean like what like do you mean just like if you're okay with losing you know just like if well i'm saying that they're like the old decks have certainly had things replaced in them, right? Because mm -hmm. there are new, better cards. But I don't think that that is problematic in itself. And I don't think that all old cards have been outclassed, right? Like, that's kind of what I'm getting at is like, mm -hmm. yes, there have been a bunch of cards that have been outclassed by the new cards. But the entirety of modern pre-MH2 was not suddenly kicked out of the format. People like to, I think, be a little bit hyperbolic and say that their old deck is unplayable. But then we see, you know, Corey win uh, an SCG whatever event with Grixis Death Shadow. And my guess is, like, what's was he playing the Dress Down Shadow or was he Yeah, playing, actually, like, I want to look into this. I'm... You know, and I think that's a really good example of a deck that, like, people are like, oh, it's unplayable, it's unplayable. And then somebody came up with the Dress Down Shadow. And it's like, actually, here, we've added a single new card from Modern Horizons 2. I don't know, maybe they've added more. Maybe I'm going to put my foot in my mouth here. But, like... That's the kind of stuff where, like, yeah, Death Shadow is still a perfectly valid, fine card. Um, maybe it's not well positioned if, you know, blue-white chalice control is on top or, like, there's a ton of solitudes running around, but that's sort of, that's just how the meta goes. There have been times in Death Shadow's history where it's just not good because some other hate card is, you know, popular at that time. Yeah, I was dressed down Shadow. I, so there you yeah, go. now you just said exactly, the dressed down Shadow part is exactly why I sort of disagree with Ryan. It's true that you can play whatever deck you want. It's true that you can play your old deck. It's not true you can avoid playing Modern Horizons 2 cards. If you're playing oh, yeah. the Shadow, no, you're playing Crestam, not Temple Battle Rage. If you're playing Burn, you might be playing Darcy and Dragon as a Lothar. If you're playing Sh Shan, you're playing Shun Saga. But my question is, is that actually like a problem? No, no, not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is yeah. I mean, that's the kind of question I wanted to ask. You know, just like is it, is it a problem that if you're a red aggressive deck, you know, just like you're gonna start off with four. Like if you're a red aggressive deck, and if you want 
to have Lurse's companion. You know, like all of these shells are going to have four Agaven, four Darcy, four Unholy Heat. That already happened. Like, if you're playing a red deck, you're playing four bolts, the exact same mana base, four red canopy. And if you're playing a black deck, you're playing a split of three inquisitions, three sources, four bolts, two push, four lilies. If you're playing a control deck, you start with four paths, two chases, four counters of the whatever kind you want, and four Admiral's Charm. Yeah, like that but has happened since they started playing Magic. Maybe, I don't know before that, but now yeah, we sit I down guess... and there is a base. Like, I, I totally, I think, I totally agree with that. I guess my point would be that, like, you know, Bolt, Path to Exit, you know, when you're building these shells, like, this is, you know, like, Bolt's been around for a while. Like, these are all, you know, just, like, one set comes up with just, like, this new staple, and then, like, now it's, now it's there. Like, this is a single set that's come out with, you know, like, easily dozens of modern staples. Like, if they were to yeah. do this again, just, like, how much, how much would keep getting pushed out, you know? Just, like, eventually... Yeah, you know, just I I don't know. Just what if what if the normal modern cards that we have keep getting pushed out for like these upgraded, more powerful versions? So it seems to me like what you're actually asking is: is the velocity of change acceptable or not? Yeah, yeah, that's very a good. Yeah, that that would that's a much more elegant way to. I don't ask. love the. I think the velocity is fine. I think Ragavan is a problem because of the snowballish aspect, not the velocity aspect, because. You saw the screenshot today, the challenge I sent you with the Fury. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Rag the Ragavan just has, the ceiling is infinite on Ragavan. <laughs> that is the issue. Like, that is why Ragavan is so good. And that's why, you know, you play Ragavan even if, you know, maybe it's not the best card in your deck. But I never forget this one time against Five Color Niv, I opened turn one Ragavan. They go turn one, you know, just like mana. I think it's like Breeding Pool or like Overgrown Tomb, Utopia Sprawl for white. Uh, I go my turn, I smack them, and I flip a Vindicate from their deck, and I Vindicate their Utopia Sprawl land, and the game <laughs> is over on yeah. turn two. And that will happen. So I think that the velocity of change doesn't bother me in terms of cards. The velocity of cost does bother me, because again, I don't like seeing people gated out of playing things. So well, here's... Yeah. The interesting thing, because I know Spike, Spike loves, Spike talks about this a whole lot. Because, I mean, I just being a big streamer would be fun, but also I can't imagine being asked the same question a billion times a day and then, like, having <laughs> people just, you know, like, take it out of context because they're being stupid because there's a lot of stupid people in Twitch chat. Uh, but, like, he talks about this and how, like, Modern Horizons 2 pushed for the price of Modern, but part of the reason is that it's made Modern much more popular. You know, like, more people, mm -hmm. like, this, I think Modern Horizons 2 is another printed demand set, and, like, people are still buying it. So it's not that the supply is so much the issue in paper, at least. And, uh, and on Magic Online, supply is absolutely the issue, but in paper, supply is not the issue. But what happened with Modern Horizons 2 is it made Modern just a lot you know, people seem to enjoy playing it more, which created the demand, which increased demand of people who want to buy into modern and play modern, which then raises the prices. So it's almost as catch twenty two, where like if Wizards comes out with a good set that makes modern a better format and makes more people want to play it, it automatically winds up pricing people out of it. Which is, I don't know how you'd solve that, but that is one oh. argument about the price. And I mean, I think that this is actually a really good time to to point out that people used to bitch about the prohibitive cost of entering into modern, right? And that was because fetches were too expensive, lily old staples were too expensive. And so in some ways we've pushed out expensive old staples 
and we've introduced expensive new staples, but the expensive new staples are at least a little bit easier to accrue or acquire at this point uh, until that set goes out of rotation or stops getting printed or whatever. And so the people who are entrenched modern players are feeling the pain, but like newcomers are able to drop, you know, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars or whatever, get into the format with one of the top tier decks and I, I don't know. I mean, I think there's trade-offs there. Yeah. Um, For example, mm-hmm. I'm going to country-specific, uh, country-specific, um, country or outside of USA or Europe. The other day, we made with the guy that brings boxes into the country because we don't buy boxes legally, like any store. Any no, no store buys boxes more than two boxes legally. They just bring it in through a container. Huh. We made the <laughs> numbers that there must be around 200 solitudes in Argentina. Wow. Jeez. So that means. You won't have more than 60, 70 players playing a specific archetype because it's not possible physically. Wow. So, more 2 had that problem. Also, Ikoria, we found, we think there was, I think there was less than 100 Lurus during the quarantine. Yeah, that's wild. Because we couldn't get Ikoria into the country because the quarantine had everything on lockdown. So, then any boxes that entered was people that just went to USA and brought some in their, back, in their backpacks. So, that started that's, to really force crazy. the number to work weirdly. So the meta yeah, was like, is... it was playing pre-quarantine meta until everything ended. And, and that's where, like, yeah, I really dislike the access problems. Like, I, I want everybody to be able to play with the cards that they want. And this is something that I've complained about for a very long time. I think what they're doing with Secret Layers is brilliant because it provides them a way to make just tons of money off of people who can afford it. But the, the flip side of that is I want to see them bring the cost of cards down to just play the game. Maybe they don't even have art. I've said this before. Full text cards or, or whatever, like basically legal proxies, yeah. quote unquote. But charge people like me who are willing to pay for secret layers however much money, and I'll continue to pay for the secret layers, especially knowing that it's helping drive costs down for the average player. The biggest co- That's problem really of what Magic. I want to see. It's the biggest problem of Magic. The biggest problem of MTG is pricing. Like, yep. in getting new players in, and Arena's economy doesn't help in it being free, so yeah, it's always expensive to play Magic, and that's unavoidable. Yeah, it's it's a lux- good a good time to remember Magic is indeed a luxury hobby. Always, yes. yeah. <laughs> for better, or for worse. Yep, yep, yeah. Just something I try and keep in my mind because you like like we're talking about, you know, like cards get expensive, just like takes a lot of time, etc. But definitely, you know, sometimes a lot of things don't feel fair or just. But ultimately, what comes down to is Magic is an is a luxury hobby. When you think of it like that, you know, a lot of it helps me to put in perspective, you know, just like, and feel a little better about it. Sweet. Well, uh, now that we've gone off on our, our uh, soapboxy tangents, uh, yeah, I think quite, we can probably put a, a pin in the meta discussion. Quite the tangent um, there. This is what happens when Zach leaves. I think this will really help with the translation to the next part because I just finished comboing. I have been comboing for the last 11 minutes. That's awesome. I like that you're carrying on a discussion and uh, <laughs> contributing to a podcast while in the middle of a league. This guy. I, I this have guy. been comboing for the past 11 minutes against the same guy, so that's the perfect entering for Song of Creation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's uh, wow. take a little pause, and when we come back, we will hear a Song of Creation.
Alright, welcome back. Uh, so this week we are going to continue on our train of talking about Song of Creation. Uh, I think the last time that I brought up Song of Creation, it uh, quickly led to me playing Bolas's Citadel. But, 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 I have actually been working on song lists and... Uh, our guest, uh, Mordekaiser here, has managed to put together what is perhaps the best song list that I have seen thus far, and uh, went on a pretty nice streak with it. Um, you went 10-0 and 0 in matches, and then Canister picked it up and went 5-0, and then made some modifications and said that your Urion version was actually better. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's... Um, I guess let's let's backpedal a little bit here uh, before we get straight into the list. I, I think it's worth talking about sort of what has changed. Um, so as I had mentioned in previous episodes, um, you know, song is definitely a combo card, and I had been working on combo sort of lists. Uh, but even last episode, I think you know we talked about Zach's changes to it and um, some of the iterations he was proposing. Uh, and what we keep coming to is that. While Song is definitely capable of comboing, it's really, really hard to harness in a com- like a pure combo shell. Um, it is not deterministic, and so that makes like executing a combo really difficult. You have a fizzle rate. You can you know whiff on things, um, and so really that was driving us towards wanting to build up a really good mid-range shell that Song plugs into and can combo with, but the combo isn't necessarily your plan A. Um, you know, I wanted to be able to do something like, all right, I play my song of creation and now I'm just going to have a tear of a turn where I cast as many spells as I can. And if I manage to combo that turn, I great, great. But if I don't manage to combo that turn, I have such an overwhelmingly awesome board presence that the opponent is just dead anyway. Um, so starting from that idea, uh, I think is the way to take song, um, more what do you what do you feel about all this because this is effectively what you've built with your list yeah well with a few days ago like around a week i saw a list posted by eric who is an basic brewer as well he was also the one that worked with me on magda and he was proposing exactly what you just said a song of creation deck that could combo with song but could play an extremely good fair grindy game and it had the same sort of base as my four, the four color Omnath deck I was playing, so I was like, okay, I gotta try this. <laughs> I, I open the deck, I start fizzling with it, I start changing the numbers. I have, I have Express Iteration, got some recent rift that he had, and I'm like, okay, this seems fun. When I mean fun, I mean it's likely not good. So I'm going to go two, three, and enjoy it. So I started the stream and go like, okay, fuck it, go for it. And the deck worked. The deck was good. The song of creation part of the deck was amazing. Sometimes you just went turn three Omnath, it dies, turn four Omnath, song of creation, and storm off into oblivion. And sometimes you just top deck a storm, uh, song of creation, play it, enter top deck ball, and be like, so can, oh, you, can you read us off the list mord or can oh, you link us to the list and also 100%. probably good for the listeners to just you know kind of go over it now because it is like you said it is a lot like the four color it pretty much is the four color pseudo fake elemental shell uh, except just add song creation because you know everything pitches to everything anyways exactly you just add like trick cards to help you not fizzle so i'm gonna send you the list right now you just add the cards to not fizzle with it. So you you take out 
the bulk of the four color Omnath deck. You remove the Ice Fan Quartles, you remove the Spreading Seas, and you remove the Lightning Bolts. And in those spots, you add more combo cards, which are worse top decks, but insane if you have expressive, if you have Song of Creation going. In this case, those cards would be. I can. I will get you empty Shigolfish in link in a second. In this case, they will be cards like Mox Amber and Birgi mostly. Birgi and Mox, and Mox Amber allow you to go positive on mana as you start looping your elementals. So, half mm. the games you will be playing a fair grindy game with Expressive Iteration, Vernon 6, Teferi, Omnath, Pitch Elementals. And the other half of the games, you're going to slam a song of creation and start playing cards. You're going to start playing Fury targeting itself and in response Solituring itself to gain 3 life and draw 4 cards and see what happens. You're going to draw your whole deck 3 times until you find a single way to win and eventually you're going to win somehow because you exile your, your conflagrate with Fury for the 6th time in a row. The real win condition yeah, is the conflagrate right now. The real win condition in quotes. That's the oh, combo yeah. win condition. Exactly. Like, Brian's contribution to the archetype. <laughs> Brian's contribution a lot of weeks ago, like when he started fizzling with it. And it was yeah, like, this is the perfect card. Yeah, wild. Like, you know, still, I don't know how you even just, I've never, I, I've messed with Song of Creation a lot. And it never went once in my mind was like, oh, you know, you know what would be great in this? Conflagrate. <laughs> well, it's all about, I don't know. So this is something that I try and do, and it often leads to really bad deck lists but it's how i like to operate i like to look at every little piece of the card right and so we had discard on there so what can i do with the discard that was like looking at blazing root walla that was looking at other madness cards that was looking at things that i could cast from the graveyard um you know stuff like uh um, i forget what the enchantment is but whenever you discard you get paid off for it um anyway so i you know i start looking at those sorts of things um so i looked at the discard i looked at uh you know what sort of things can i get for drawing cards like i considered uh riel the everwise because i'm discarding a bunch i'm gonna get to draw a bunch extra and uh you know conflagrate is something that you want to have in your graveyard you end up drawing a ton of cards with song of creation so it just seemed like it fit yeah, makes makes sense. I mean, kind of unrelated note, slight tangent. Riel is probably underexplored, you know? I think she could be, like, every time totally someone agree. messes with Riel, like, they just wind up 5-0-ing. I think I saw, like, Squatchy messing with, like, a blue-red moon a while ago and just, like, oh, it just happened to a trophy because Riel is kind of busted. Uh, so that, you know, maybe in the future mess with Riel more. But I, you, know, you mentioned it, so I just thought I would mention that. I'm kind of pretty curious about that card, too. Yeah, well, and, and I, I think you're you're spot on. Um, I think that card is also very interesting, and actually was something I wanted to try in a song list and haven't gotten to. But uh, I yeah. have no anyway. idea what real does. It's the one when you discard, you draw. Yeah, you draw that many cards. Okay. The first time you discard each turn. Okay, okay. But like, imagine you you know you have a decent turn with song, and this fits into the mid range plan too. Uh, you have a Riel out, you discard a bunch of cards with Song, you now draw that many cards, and you get to keep them because you've already discarded for the turn. And so, again, you have like a, a stacked hand on your opponent's turn. So if you're playing things that can be cast at instant speed, maybe they're flash creatures, maybe they're actual instants, um, you've now put yourself in a position where like the downside of Song isn't actually a downside anymore, especially if you're planning to like make use of that discard every turn. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Wait, so then, uh, one question I want to ask Mord is how how good were the Mox Ambers when you weren't comboing? Like, were, how, were they active very often? Were they just like no. active sometimes? Mox, Mox Amber is the worst card you play just to combo. Yep. Why? Okay, because that your, deck, sense. your deck can use the mana from Birshi. Like, I have gone stuff like turn 2 Birshi with a Tlopias Brawl, turn 3 Mana Morphos for an extra red Fury or board. And the mm, other nice. side of Birshi, the, the horn, is insane in, in any grindy game. On the challenge yep. today, I just won a game where I go turn 3 and turn 4 horn, and we were playing the mirror, it was against 4 color Omnath, and they couldn't stop it. Like, my yes. Brennan 6 plus became draw 2 cards. 5 CMC, you know, what do you do? <laughs> Where's your prismatic ending now? And it was their only removal for it, so I just went ahead. Big is kind of decent. Manamorphos is, worst case scenario, is a cantrip. It could be mm -hmm. worse. Like, it's bad, but it's not terrible. Endurance is a good bashy card. But most numbers, when you only have 16 legendar legends, legendary spells, and worst part is, when you have those legendary spells in play, you're already ahead. Because they are Renan 6, Omnath, and Teferi. They're insane. <laughs> so I don't need extra winning when I have them on board. I need extra winning when they are not. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. So then another question I have for you, Mord. You played this in the challenge today, and you've been playing this a fair amount. How does this compare to the four-color pseudo-elementals build that you've also been playing to great success? So I think this is the best Song of Creation deck. The, I, I mean, this specific 95, but this concept that requires finer tuning. However, I think it's worse position in the meta than the four-color Yorion pile. And the main reason for that is you have worse top decks and the combo is not fast enough to defeat your bad matchups. Mm, You're not going to yeah. combo before Tron, Tron, that's Tron gets to the Tron things. You're not going to combo Amulet before they do Amulet things or another combo deck. So you're not fixing your mistakes. It's amazing in the mirror though. If I was playing the mirror, <laughs> I would have some creation on my deck. But if it's not the mirror, oh doggy! I just saw the dog before, <laughs> behind she. Um, oh if yeah. I'm not, if I'm not <laughs> he's playing, chilling. The, he's chilling. If I if I'm playing the mirror, I want it. But against other grindy decks, I don't. So my next experiment will be sort of working with that. What happens if I grab the normal shell and try to fit in the song of creation with a few changes, without making my topics I mean, worse? Does it seem like it might just be a sideboard card in the normal shell? It might, or it might be a main deck card. Like, it's the best topic. Like, I won so many games today in the challenge. I think I got 25th or something like that. Just because I went, like, it, um, Song of Creation, Fury or Creature, play a Brennan 6 Go. Next turn, I top deck, I don't know, something. I, I top deck, like, Abundant Growth. Abundant Growth, Death, Birgit, Manamorphos, Manamorphos, Witness, Death, Go. And the game was over. Because I was playing against Shun Saga, and now I had seven permanents on board more than he does. That yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, the thing, I think, going back to the Temer Rosa song that Zach and I worked on a lot. It was the same thing where, you know, just like, the song could just, the song was a top deck that could get you out of situations that no other card could get you out of straight up. So you're saying that you want to take the four-color elemental shell, you just want to toss in song and, like, none of the combo and see how it works as a value engine? Yes. Maybe some of the engine, like Bomb Crusher Giant was an addition I had before the challenge today. Like I added it at 7.57 a.m., like two minutes before. I even had to go buy one because I didn't have enough to rent one. 
<laughs> and I was like, okay. And it wins a lot of games because when you're comboing, you just leave it in exile and you can hard cast it next turn to restart the combo. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's, you know, having ways to bank cards during your song turn was huge. Like, Mishra's Bobble was a pretty similar card where you would cast it, draw two for free, it would just sit there, and then you crack it during your opponent's end step, whatever, you draw an extra card. Or you could even track it end of turn because you draw the card during your upkeep after you've already discarded your hand, and you're just one card deeper, uh, you know, like the next turn to increase your chances of recomboing or just kind of going off again. So, the, I guess the other That's... thing, too, there's... The abundant growth that like sacrifices to draw a card instead, which is not quite you know probably not as good as abundant growth. I think Pioneer has access to unbridled it. Unbridled growth. Yeah, unbridled growth. But that's also you know like it, it doesn't draw you the card on. No, on it's so counter, bad. which is important. Yeah. Well, but it, it but does store case, a card. Yeah, that might actually be good in this case. Um, because you can always crack it on the spot if you just want to get the card. Yeah, but then you lose your fixing is the issue. Sure. You know, I, it depends on the situation, obviously. Like, you may not need that fixing um, at the time. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, mean, I, I think that's an interesting idea, actually, though. And the fact that you're looping your library over and over with, um, with Endurance means that, like, that actually turns into a cantrip you get to reuse a couple of times, too. Yeah, and the other thing too is like you can maybe just consider just adding bobble to these decks more. Like it's not, you know, you don't really have many bobble synergies, but you do have a bunch of fetches and ren and six, kind of the bobble trick, and it's relatively well, there, free. There's always the idea of just saying, like, it crossed my mind. I'm not saying it's good, and I know it's not good, but just go, okay, screw it. Grab my normal list, remove six cards, add four Mishra's Fable to Lurus to the main deck. <laughs> And just say, okay, go, have it. And then they choose some of creations and hope it's good enough. I mean, you'd probably just want four songs, I would imagine. You know, like if it's maybe, like if you have two, you're barely going to, I see, I don't even know. Maybe you don't even want to draw them so often, but I feel like it's just so powerful. And it's, it's one of the cards like you top deck it and like you can almost win on the spot. I feel like you want to, especially the earlier you see it, it might even be better because then you can cast it, get your additional land drop and then just like go off the next turn. Hmm. Well, and being being uh, a triple color card, I feel like song is actually not something you mind seeing multiples of in this particular show because it pitches to all your best elementals anyway. So. No, that, that's not to say song's not white. If song was white, oh, <laughs> song is, is the it? three wrong colors. Three wrong colors. Ah, oh. I mean, sure, blue not useful in this particular case, but green and red seems fine. Yeah, yeah, green is fine. You also need to play Endurance main deck. For anyone playing Song of Creation, please play Endurance in your deck. Don't make yourself, don't, don't lose yourself to me just because. Add one or two Endurances. And when you Endurance, order the triggers correctly. Don't be like me. Yeah, this, this might just be us trying to convince more to throw. <laughs> what bad cards can convince more to throw in his deck? Like, <laughs> what else can you test more? What else, what other bad cards? I have played so many bad cards. I know, the sky's the limit, guys. Oh yeah, well, no, for sure. I, I'm certainly no short, uh, like I'm, I'm not, never short on bad ideas. So if that's the goal, <laughs> I have plenty of bad ideas to throw his way. I'm never short of bad ideas. It's a perfect description. So yeah. what's your, I'm, what's your future plans with this deck and shell? I guess also you too, Brian, I can, you know, you've 
now that Mord is kind of taking it and refining it a little bit to make it at least, you know, like a solid deck, you know, whether or not it's better than decks is similar to another argument, another story. But now that we have this, now that we have proof of concept, you know, what do you, Mord, what do you plan on doing with it? And then Brian, like, what are your, what do you plan on doing with the, the song list? I'm going to keep tuning. I'm going to keep trying to see if I can make it. F either I need to make it more consistent or other faster. If I can achieve any of those two things, I'm going to keep playing it for a while. If not, I think I'm going to go back to my old lab and just keep Eternal Witness Ephemerate contracts by locking people out of the game. Because I just love Eternal Witness Ephemerate. Because I'm a simple guy. Pretty fair, pretty fair. Yeah, I still have stuff I want to try. I think that this is great because it shows like, okay, the idea is correct. Song in a mid-range deck is insane. I mean, and I, I think we knew that. You know, I had the the Eroza lists in mind when I, I was thinking about this. So this isn't entirely a new concept, but we have so many new tools. Um, I'm actually still very interested in testing something where uh, there's an opportunity to draw cards after you've pitched. I'm really interested in seeing if I can find a shell that has enough instant speed interaction that can be good even if you're playing at sorcery speed. Um, so I'm thinking things like Brazen Borrower, um, you know, that kind of stuff, to mm -hmm. play like a tempo or a control game with song. Um, I think it's going to be probably oh. bad. But, you know, I, like Riel is a great, great addition or a great idea for like, okay, I've just pitched, you know, four or five cards. I draw four or five new cards. Maybe one of them is, you know, a bounce spell. Maybe one of them is a conditional counter spell that is worse than counter spell, but allows me to have something that plays at both sorcery speed on my own turn and isn't a dead card and also interact with my opponent. So, um, yep, yep. you know, something like um, Is It Charm is a good example of that. So, you know, I, that's the kind of space that I think I want to explore a little bit. I think that it would really throw opponents off if you're drawing two cards every time you cast something on their turn because they see a song come down and they think, okay, I'm, I'm safe now. Like, I can do whatever I want on my turn. But if that assumption is checked, like, how are they going to play around that? You're just going to draw a bunch of mm. cards and then go into your following turn with a full hand. Yeah, that's I, I like this idea. This like song control deck. This sounds absolutely spicy and like very. I don't even know. I guess. Is there any way to stack it? Like, can you cast something at the end of your turn with the discard trigger on the stack? And no, yeah, okay, I thought so. Yeah, it would need to put something in exile, um, or it would need to happen after the discard trigger. So this is where like blazing rootwalla is really interesting because you pitch mm. the rootwallas to the song trigger and then draw a card for each one that you've cast. Just play Sandile of the Infinite. I guess, yeah. I mean, that might be the answer. Or what's the other one? What's the six mana one from? Is it Kaldheim that costs six. two if you cast it on your own on your own turn? Oh yeah, yeah. And the turn thing, yeah, I remember. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, exactly. You can come for redundancy of the effect. I mean, song and sundial. <laughs> that is a sundial. How many is it? One to cast or is it two to cast? Two to cast, one to activate. Oh, I was like, man, can you find it off Urza Saga? That'd be sick. <laughs> all right all right so sundial okay i'm like slightly curious about sundial of, of sundial of the infinite now not gonna lie that Two is one yeah sounds i mean the one thing that kind of makes me sad more is like you've pretty much shown that 
Song is <laughs> Song is a good and Song is a viable deck if you just add Omnath and all the pitch elementals. And like all the busted MH2 cards and just like... Is, pitch elementals uh, provided something that, that hasn't existed before or it's really hard to achieve in Magic, which is a card that allows you to reach the late game and a good top deck in the late game. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost a, a... What's the name? A split card in the sense like... The evoke effect is so powerful, it could almost be a spell of its own. And both sides are playable. And that's just insane. Because it wins you the game, and the ephemerate synergy, and the whole package it provides just means, okay, now I can either pitch Fury in turn 1 and win because you went turn 1 double Menmite, or I can turn 5 to like a Fury and clear your Darcy and Ragavan and leave a 3-3 double strike that's going to clock you. Yeah, it's not just... <laughs> Makes me, you know, makes me sad. It's just like, oh, this beautiful card slime creation. And to make it work, we are just adding the heavy hitters. Like, kind of, you know, take... I mean, it It makes it, it's a wonderful idea. It just makes me a little sad that, you know, it's almost like we're taking the beauty out of it. And just, you know, like, elemental pitch elementals are kind of like a way to fit a pound... A, fit a round peg into a square hole, you know? You just add your pitch elementals and your omnath. And you like, hit it and push it in. Yeah, like even even though they don't re, you know, even though they, they don't fit perfectly, without they're just so powerful that you can jam them in a little bit and it's all pitch kosher. Pitch elementals do fit perfectly with some of creation though, because it's like an evolved version of Freeze and Reef. It's like a three four two every single time you play one. Yeah. Or a I, zero four I mean, zero I, if you don't target anything. Just a free country. I had included. Uh, Fury and, and Endurance in some of my previous lists for sure because of the fact that they're a free spell that you can you know pitch extra songs to and stuff like that um, I just hadn't gone the full mile and included the Omnath and Solitude which is obviously a very powerful you know pairing uh, and then add the Ephemerates and whatnot in and you got you got a stew going so uh, <laughs> I mean Modern Horizons 2 stew <laughs> Yeah, well, hey, Ephemerates from Modern Horizons 1. Modern Horizons 2, let's go. So, like, I, I do think that this was maybe, like, a, um, a more natural progression, like, to build this way. But I do think it's still, like, good because it proves out, A, the Conflagrate kill. How many, like, more, that comes up all the time, right? Like you, that's The Conflagrate kill, like, if I was playing in paper, I'm not sure I would run Conflagrate. But because I don't care about grinding games, Shiggy would play it 100%. I don't care about drawing my deck five times and playing four Furies and saying go or looping one gut shot 20 times. I don't care about that. I enjoy it. I'm an asshole. I would see my one suffer as I redraw my deck for the 18th time. I have 1,300 cards drawn, gut shot. Endurance. I'm... I mean, you know, like, I've gotcha. I've played Exit a PTQ before, like See? an old extended. Like I mean, I know, but I feel like it's different. Just like where Eggs is actually doing something with a purpose, whereas you know, this thing. is just like let's go, let's loop, we let's go, let's go, let's draw cards, let's pitch cards. Like oh, we're running low. Oh, endurance, reset the library and go again. I mean, you can play Flame Shab if you want a real wing on. Flame Jab. Flame Shab Birshi has to be deterministic. Uh, Wouldn't you? You might even you. That's like Doesn't the that one. Have retrace? Yeah. But then you run out of lands. No, because you're endurancing back the lands you're discarding. Gotcha. Okay. Well, then you, you might. Well, you run out of green pitch cards, possibly. No, you you make damage which is equal to the multiplication of the amount of green cards in your deck times the amount of lands you have left to shuffle. 
So I'm assuming you have 7 lands in play, you have 21 lands times the amount of Prince cards in your deck minus 2 in, by each iteration. So it has to be close to like 250 damage. Alright, so you've clearly thought about this. I trust your math. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't feel like doing the math, but like I totally, I understand why and like where you came from and i trust it it makes if i wanted i if i wanted to know i would do the math but i know you're, I'm the, just math. Going you're the doctor here i'm just, a I'm just going I'm to the trust your math hey you're you know as a <laughs> using your brain is hard work okay if i can find an excuse not to use my brain because someone else used their brain i will uh, take that happily as long as i trust their brain <laughs> I, I think we're uh, we're really in the weeds on song of creation. I don't know that there is a whole lot more to say on this particular list, but uh, I am going to very eagerly watch how it changes. Um, I, I'm I don't know. I think that there's still mm, a lot of juice to squeeze out of song of creation, and I like where the things are are headed. So yeah, the, oh, yeah. the deck list works. The deck is a real deck. Like, you can go ahead and win with this deck. Like, if I hadn't gotten so lucky, I think I had almost a top 16 lockdown tonight. Today, this morning. Yeah. Oof. And I guess the other thing I want to say is, like, especially with Song Creation, this is one of the cards that, even if it's not busted now, all it will take is just one misprinted yeah. card or just, like, one card. You know, like, when... It's one mistake they... away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like, when they printed... Uh, Underwork the Underworld Cookbook. They did not even consider the interaction with Darfleet Daredevil. They did not know that interaction existed until it happened after it was already printed. So it's pretty. I mean, I don't blame them. You know, it's just as someone you have so many cards, it's just gonna happen. But it's just interesting. It's like you know, like yeah, kind of just like Mort said, one mistake away. You know, like one Underworld Cookbook away. It's a seemingly innocuous card uh, that. You know, like, turns out works really well with this other one. But, yeah, I think that down the line, this card is definitely going to be more broken. Like, it, it can't not be. Like, anyone, you know, more, you've casted it a bunch of times. You cast it, it's nuts, right? It's just like, oh my gosh, I'm drawing my whole deck. I have not, well, this, I'm not going to accessorize with this. I have not lost a single game. I have resolved a song of creation. And, I, and like, the only game I have lost that I resolved a song of creation, it was, it happened twice. First, I was with Brian streaming the game, and I misclicked my endurance trigger, and I milled yes. myself. Yes. <laughs> Second time, I was against Burn, I was at 4 life, and they had an Eidolon. And I didn't find a Fury before I found 4 Moxhammer. <laughs> yeah. But those are the only two times in around more than 20 matches of testing that I have lost after resolving a Song of Creation. The card is that good. If it resolves, and you have anything... You win. Like, I, I can't have nothing in hand, it's just top deck, like, Abundant Growth. Like, today in the challenge, I went like, Song of Creation, hits me with Ragavan. Okay, land, land. Hits me with Ragavan, land, land, Abundant Growth. Okay, game is over. <laughs> because yeah, I went Abundant cool. Growth into a death, into bounce Abundant Growth, and just play my whole <laughs> Just crush him. Yeah, I just, yeah play, I, I just played more than 17 cards, and I fizzled. But I had... Oh, and my opponent played that, made the mistake of playing a Torporor. And I started oh. playing my pitch elementals. Yeah, and I was like, pitch fury, 3-3, three, three. pitch solitude, pitch fury, yeah. pitch endurance, pitch solitude. And by the end of my turn, I had seven creatures in play. All right, yeah, well, what about, what about what about if we played Torpor Orb in the deck? We out the Torpor Orb ourselves. <laughs> that is not actually a terrible idea. It might be, Jermaine. It might be a terrible idea. I don't but know if you can say it's But it hits so many not. other decks so hard. 
Yeah, but like now you're in solitude, Joe. They're just like three, two, three life linkers, which is like not the worst. But if you don't have time creation and you have your torpor orb, it probably sucks. I mean, Fury is just a house on its own. You strap a, a soul guide, or not soul guide lantern. You strap a shadow spear onto that sucker, and you're gonna win the game pretty quick. Yeah, but like now we're playing Shadow Spear, we have an Urza Saga package, and now our Torpor Orb uh, Song sorry. Creation deck. I have been playing Urza Saga in my Song of Creation deck for a couple weeks now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is another like, you know, once again. I mean, that could be pretty pretty off topic here, but you know, someone someone's gonna figure out the Omnath Saga deck, and that's gonna be fun. I am I am a greedy asshole. No one is greedier than me. And Ursa and Omnath Saga is not going to happen while Astral Abyss Band. Oh no, man. Lotus Cobra. It's not uh, going to happen while Astral Abyss Band. Give me Astral Abyss and I will break compass. it. Navigator's Compass. Yeah, yeah, sure. You can replace Omnath with the f three mana Omnath from the green one, which is equal power level within the difference of Navigator's Compass and Astral what if, what if you just play um, Dryad of the Elysian Grove? Oof. I would rather play Prismatic Omen. Okay, that's fine too. <laughs> Two mana fixing. But I, I, to, to bring it back to the original point, um, I do <laughs> think you're right. I think that Song of Creation will eventually be broken broken. I think that it is probably incredibly powerful right now and we are still looking for the best shell for it. And I think when that shell is found, people are going to be like, oh my god, this card is broken. Well, but I think... It's, it's just Should, always been broken. this week was the start of it canisters 5-0 my 5-0 and this might be the first posting of a in a challenge with some of creations in sprinting at least in modern means it oh, with, with, with 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 four songs of creation wait i top i i top aided a challenge with song with a song in my deck with a song in your deck what were you playing that had a song in your deck the Temur, the whole reason, like why we're, what the whole reason why we're talking about song in the first place, the Temur Yorion Orosa deck. <laughs> okay, but that the was like, and all that nonsense. But the reason you four o, you you got the top eight was not because of song. Well, Zach won. Zach won a game. Like Zach, like I had a song just for fun, and Zach is like Arun. I don't think this song is going to do anything. He's like, I don't think this is a good card. I'm like, trust the process, Zach. And he was facing Green Black Luris, uh, Green Black Rock Luris, and I was just like clowning on him. Had an active Luris and Bobble for like three turns and just shredding him apart. It looked really bad for him, and he, he was like, act, like you know, not looking great. He top decks the song, goes song. Like, cast four spells, cast an Urza, he's got like a 7-7 seven, seven construct and a shit ton of mana, and then he just wins on the next two turns. Song is a good card. Song only needs to be broken. I think this shell is pretty good, I think this shell needs more tuning, and I hope more people get, your, get their hand on it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely. You know, I think with Canister picking it up, I think that'll definitely help too. Although he's not quite the influencer that Spike is, but still. Canister is not a brewer. Canister is an amazing player. So people that watch Canister don't watch him to expect to try and build new decks. They watch him because he performs excellently with any deck he plays. Yep. yep. We just need Spike well to play it. Alright. Well, let's take another pause here. And when we return, uh, Jiggy, uh, I'm really interested in hearing the updates to your Breach list. Uh, I see more people yet have been picking it up in the discord and also iterating i know you're going through a bunch of changes looking for the best configuration for vegas so stay with us
right, welcome back. So, uh, yeah, as I said before the break, Dr. Combo here has been hard at work trying splashes of colors and working with some of the folks in the Discord. Big shout out to First Turn Negator, a.k.a. Grixicism, a.k.a. Soren, uh, for also picking up the deck and I think making uh, 23rd, 25th place in the challenge yesterday, was it? Yeah, Uh, good, good showing. Yeah. Got a, a shout out on Reddit from Bamzing. Um, you know, exciting times. Yeah, so I've been, you know, like still planning for Vegas, etc. Just really trying to nail down the deck. And I kind of go through these phases of, you know, just like learn the deck, play a whole bunch of leagues, you know, just like kind of get a good feel for the deck. But then, you know, there's also the conflict where just I want to test new cards and I want to make sure that I'm playing the optimal version. Uh, so excuse me so one thing that i really wanted to do uh, was like one of the big issues this deck has is like dealing with the rest in peace and dealing with like enchantments etc that are you know blue and red don't have great enchantment removal cards uh so i initially so for the thought experiment i wanted to try splashing green you get red and six you also you know the, this deck has a huge issue with spreading seas like if they cast spreading Blue-white control is like, I feel like it's a pretty even matchup, and it oftentimes comes down to how often they have spreading seas for your Urza Saga. Seems to Mm. be like the biggest correlation in between whether or not I win or I lose. Like, oh, this, you know, like this blue-white control deck crushed me this time. What happened? Oh, they double spreading seas in my two sagas. Or, oh, you know, just like I kind of crushed them this time. What happened? They saw no spreading seas, you know, like, and I crushed their chalice. So it's, it seems a lot of the matchments rest around spreading seas uh hitting hitting your saga and also just like against control decks you like counterspell is a kind of annoying chalice on one is a huge on zero is a huge pain in the butt so in green green also gets you uh veil of summer which is you know all one pretty messed up magic card but it also like they try and spreading seas your saga you can veil it you can even if they're chalice on zero you can veil during your combo turn and then you can combo through the chalice uh which was pretty intriguing to me. And then, you know, Renin 6 is a messed up card. Renin 6 plus uh, Urza Saga is also pretty messed up. So I pretty much just took my standard list and I made a couple trims, you know, like cut a Mox Amber. I actually, I must have been drunk because I cut an Underworld Breach down to three. I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, the whole, I don't know. I must have, I must have come up with this list. I don't know, haphazard, whatever. I came up in this list not in a great way, and then normally, actually, no, I never check my list. I'll normally just, like, open it up, open up the list, previous list I was looking at, check in Magic, and I'm like, okay, this looks solid, you know, just, like, run a league with it. So I started running a league with this green splash. Oh, and also I put Wilt in the sideboard also, because Wilt is one of my favorite, like, green enchantment things, like, because it hits Sagas, it hits Rest in Peace, it hits Chalice, uh, it hits Eidolon, and then it cycles when you don't need it, which is just, I think, it's my, and especially in a deck, in a combo deck like this, where you just need to get rid of that, normally you just need to get rid of that one piece of interaction, and then you can do it, and so Wilt is almost perfect for that. So I added Wilt in the sideboard and Veils in the sideboard, and I took it into a league, and I actually wound up trophying, which was, like, pretty sweet. Uh, you know, the random sixes actually felt great. The one thing is normally, you know, kind of, <laughs> once again, it's like if you do good magic like you doing good magic is you know increases your results so oftentimes when i try and splash the color in these decks it's like oh i have eight fetch lands you know just toss in a breeding pool and be good but if i were to do something like that i think i would only have 10 turn two or i'd only have like 10 sources of sources of green 
and Frank Carson recommends 14 if you want to play, if you want to have it on turn one, like 14 at a minimum. Uh, and so to this, because I did want to, you know, the whole point, you want to be able to cast Ren in six turn two or be able to even Ren in six with the Veil back up on turn three, etc. And so I ran 12 fetches uh, and five fetchables. You know, just 12 fetches and then the Temer shock. So Breeding Pool, Steam Vents, and... Uh, the other one uh, in stomping grounds and like that was you know and then like two basics and then four uh four sagas like that was my mana base so it's pretty intense and definitely you know i think another one of those brute hammer forces where just you know like we care about the color sources more than we care about having lands like the lands in play so it's worth it to go up to 12 fetches and it felt amazing honestly like i mean the mana base was decently painful of course you're adding a third color and all your lands are fetches but I had no pro trouble getting like, oh, like I need a green on turn two. Like here we go. I drew another fetch land. What a surprise! So that was like, I don't know. I kind of I would say it was a level up moment for me because I don't normally do that kind of stuff. And I did that kind of stuff. It's like okay, I guess there's a reason why Frank Carson has a PhD and is on the, in the Hall of Fame. Uh, so that yeah. was pretty. So I really liked that list. I trophy. I mean, the whole time. I just, I regretted cutting that. I guess looked in, like, I was actually going through my deck, and it's just like, man, I haven't seen a Breach in a while. And then, like, I went and looked at the deck list. It's like, oh, wow. Okay, we're only on three Breaches. Like, I mean, I said, one, somehow I managed a trophy, but I was definitely regretting it. So that's a, definitely a huge mistake. So I guess um, I'm curious, like, what was it that you thought that Renin 6 was adding to the deck? I, I know this this question has come up in the chat a couple of times in our Discord. Um you know, I in my mind, I would have probably slotted in something like Tarmogoyf, but maybe that's yeah. the wrong way to look at it. No, I, I I'm not at all. <coughs> I think Excuse the problem me. with 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 the Tarmo will, will be it's vulnerable to the same thing half the combo is. Yeah, you don't yeah, want to expose yourself more to Nikhil Spellbomb and Durance. And while Renan Six gets punished by those, it's an ancient on its own. Yeah, but what is it adding like as a threat? I mean, I guess retrace on lightning bolt uh, i mean the biggest thing is just you know grand and six plus saga is nice and just being the deck is also very mana hungry and especially when you especially with like some kind of like double saga draws like oftentimes on turn four turn five you only have three lands in play even though you've hit all your land drops and while you've got saga while you've got saga in play very often you're incentivized to take your turns off and not cast spells and instead crack the saw like you know make the constructs and so you know it'll be like turn four or turn five and then sure you've got like maybe like two of the three constructs on the board uh but you've only got two lands you know just like you've got a handful of spells now because you haven't really been casting too many because you've been making constructs and you've got a handful of spells you've got a decent board presence but you know like you don't really have any lands and now you're kind of bottlenecked that was the issue that's come up with the deck at least for me again and again and i thought that you know i was i was only playing two and i thought you know like you don't want to see we don't want to you know uh, other decks that we played like five color niv you know you want your ideal turn to play if you're not under pressure is Renin Six. Like that is you always yes. want to see that. Uh, but this this deck is not one of those decks. You know, like our ideal turn to play. You know, I mean, the ideal turn to play is like you played your Amber and your Emery and your Drum on turn one. Your ideal turn to play is Grinding Station into Breach into Win. Right? Like that's that's what you want to do. You're not you're not about the Renin Six, but it's just adding that little extra threat uh it's also you know it's kind of cute like oh it helps me with delirium because you know we're already we like delirium a lot uh getting getting back sagas is pretty huge and just being able to hit all your land drops and also you know against blue white i feel like it'd be pretty nice to just have another threat 
even though it still loses to him uh, a prismatic ending. So that that was the overall thoughts. And honestly, I I was really happy with two, and I would I would not go above two. You know, like I didn't put a third in the sideboard for a reason. But I was I was pretty happy with the two. You know, Bale was okay. I mean, the whole I really kind of liked the change, except it made the mana base feel a little bit a little bit rougher. So that was like one variant I was messing with. Uh, I have to give huge uh, once again like huge shout outs, like you said, to our Discord members. Uh, you know, uh, for, uh, especially Zrifts, uh, who's been he's been a huge help helping me iterate with the deck. He actually he met up with uh, Diablo XSC, who's a streamer, who's also like a like a probably one of the original Breach innovators and just like an absolute Breach master. Uh, and like you know, met up because Zrifts has been really interested in the deck and like wanted to get his thoughts on it. And He's Diablo, the way that Diablo XZ put it, which is like really fascinating and that I want to you know, share with everyone. So he looked at the list and he identified the plan A is Underworld Breach and Grinding Station. Makes sense. And then there's plan B and C. So there's like two mini slash backup combos. And one of them he said is like Ragavan and essentially letting Ragavan connect. Which I hadn't thought about, you know, like no one had ever phrased. I'd never thought about Ragavan connecting as like a combo, but... You know, like, it is. Like, Ragavan connecting will snowball, but in order for Ragavan connecting, you need to protect the Ragavan, and you need to clear the way for blockers. So he said that, you know, there's this one combo that you have Ragavan, and you want to get rid of their blockers, so you should probably want at least five, maybe even up to six removal spells. The other combo you have is Urza Saga and Artifacts. And, like, you need, you know, especially, made a good point that Urza Saga, it's especially important to have those at least you wanna by the time you urge the saga you want to have at least like one artifact down so then your first construct is a two two three three you grab something it's a four four and it's out of bolt range and you're like two four fours is so much more threatening than two three threes it's it's pretty wild so you always want to have that and because of that he's like you know like your removal is a little he his diagnosis was that your removal is a little bit low for to help your ragaman push through and your artifact count is a little bit low uh you know, for helping Saga be as good as it could be. Dragon's Rage Chandler is a good card, and it's a good card in this deck, but it doesn't, you know, it's kind of like a third plan in and of itself, where, you know, it's just not, it doesn't really help with enabling Saga, and it doesn't help your Ragaman connect, except, you know, if you want to argue that Darcy can eat removal. But oftentimes you want Ragaman to eat removal anyways. So his suggestion was to try cutting the Darcy, not because it's a bad card in the deck, but because based on the two alternative plans you have, Darcy doesn't really fit in, which was, I mean, it really, it sound logic and I, you know, I couldn't argue with it. And also, you know, he's a master, like, you know, master of Breathe Breach archetype, good arguments. I even gave him like, gave me the list to test, uh, to check out and, you know, I'd be a fool not to do it. So I did run his list. Let me, I'll, I'll list it off real quick. Uh, so it's 21 lands. Uh, one hollowed fountain uh, for the white splash island two misty rainforest two mountains delta strand four tarn four three spire bluffs two steam vents four saga so 21 lands four bauble three amber one ee three chromatic star an aether spellbomb and a talisman of creativity uh he's big fan of chromatic star as a you know mana fixing and also being you know, just a nice one cmc artifact that works well with the whole deck in general 
Talisman of Creativity is actually a great suggestion. I, when I played this list, I'll talk about it a little bit, but Talisman was like, it was amazing. So I actually added one to my current list. Two Galvanic Blast, three Unholy Heat, Prismatic Ending, four Ragavan, Thassa's Oracle, four Breach, four Iteration, three Grinding Station, four Emery. So this, I mean, it's very similar to my list, of course, but you know, like the Chromatic Stars, a little white splash, for, mini white splash for Prismatic Ending, some more endings in the side. Uh, so it's, you know, very, it's interesting and it, it looks, it's actually kind of funny. It looks a lot like his list that he did pretty well with, like, I think a month or two ago, like kind of hybridized with my saga list, which, you know, makes no surprise how we all kind of gravitate towards what we know best. So I, I ran this list through two leagues. I went 3-2 th into 3-2, and I mean, it felt solid. Uh, the prismatic endings, oftentimes they weren't super relevant. Like, I think this kind of, I mean, that you know, the times when your prismatic ending gets you a stony silence or it gets you a rest in peace feels amazing, but that only happened, that happened very rarely. And oftentimes it seems like the four, the one mana removal spell is gonna be interchangeable, whether or not it's bolt, heat, galvanic blast, uh, or prismatic ending, they oftentimes do the same thing. The one, I wasn't actually very impressed with the chromatic star. I know Diablo is super high on it, but it, uh, there's some it's strange weird. tension. Yeah, like of wanting to sit around, but also wanting to crack it. Like if I don't have anything to do, like, you know, do I crack it or not? Like it's, you know, like in case I could draw a saga to make my constructs bigger, or maybe I need the mana fixing later. So I wasn't. Uh, I was gonna say that's a, a classic problem in Wurza where, um, you know, people ask like, oh, well, why don't the Wurza lists play uh, Mishra's Bobble? Or like, why aren't you playing X or Y or Z? And uh, oftentimes it's because you have this tension between you want artifacts on the board because they're useful for your Urza constructs or Urza Saga constructs. But at the same time, like if these are also your cantrips, you need to be actively cracking them to draw towards your mm -hmm. win cons. And so you end up in a really, I don't know, messed up state, unless you already have the Saga out, in which case it's a very easy choice. Like, oh, well, it's pumping my Constructs, so like I'm going to keep it. But mm -hmm. if you don't have anything, what do you do? And the other thing, too, is it's like just, I think you explained it really well. Like a lot of what you, what you just explained, my interpretation is that like if you have experience playing the card a lot in these shells, like you can make those decisions. You know when to crack it and when to keep it. Like... I don't have that experience. That's the other kind of thing I was kind of realizing is that, so I played, you know, 3-2, 3-2. Uh, it was, you know, I liked a lot of things from it, but some things I didn't quite get. And then, so for the challenge this morning, I thought I would try and hybridize the two ideas uh, and get very greedy and kind of take his shell and go four colors. So take my green splash for Ren and Six and also try and add Prismatic Ending. So essentially I just took my green shell and I messed up the man a little bit more and then I added some endings main and side. And, uh, you know, once again, no DRC. And as I mentioned previously, I went 2-3. Uh, I faced Jund. I lost to Jund twice. They were all, I you know, all of my matches, <laughs> all five of my matches uh, went to very close game threes, which is, you know, I never know if that means, like, just falling on the bad end of variance or if you know you were so close or maybe it means that like your deck is barely not there i don't know there's always i also think i like i punted and i miss sideboarded i was i was not playing well you know sometimes it's like really early and i think also i don't know i just wasn't i wasn't really feeling the deck like it just oh that that's a huge difference for some reason like i don't tend to factor the psychological while playing but when you're in the mindset of this is my day like i'm going to win i don't know if I, it's not like you top deck better, but you're making the correct choices without realizing 
that there there was yeah. a worse one you could have taken if it, you were sort of thinking of something else. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think you put it really well. I actually kind of wanted to ask about this because you know like it it's not that the deck was bad or anything. It's not like I was in like bad situations. It's just there was a feeling with the deck where it just it did not it didn't feel super great to me i mean i did some busted things of course and i won a lot but i think also i mean my banner base was atrocious like that's you know i don't i think the the deck felt it's bad 30. probably because yeah I, I made some pretty egregious deck building errors and like my mana base and everything and that definitely costed me a fair amount here and there and then you know a couple of misplays and miss sideboarding you know after that it's just you just you know kind of snowballs so it's likely more so on me than the deck uh but you know just I don't know, it didn't, the mana base was definitely whack, but I just, I'm actually in a league now with DRC again, because it's like, oh, you know, after the challenge, like, you know, I want to just like, just see, and then I'm, I'm 2-0 in the league currently with Darcy, and I really, I like Darcy a lot, and I think it might be similar to the Chromatic Star thing, where Darcy does kind of introduce this tension in the deck, where, you know, just like when it kind of causes you to have to hold your artifacts, etc., or just other things are just like sequenced differently, but I think because I played with Darcy so long in this deck, and it definitely the other, excuse me, the other thing I want to mention too is that uh, Corey Cory Baumeister played uh, the my breach list on versus live I think a week or two ago, and because he's actually like a very good breach player too in general, just being a great Magic player. And after the after playing against Ryan, he beat Ross on Rhinos, but after that match, he mentioned that like he the DR, the darcy's felt like super underwhelming which of course in the rhinos matchup they are underwhelming uh but you know it is it's kind of a thing that a point that's i've heard from multiple people that you know darcy like darcy doesn't make much sense in this deck uh which you know i definitely i kind of disagree with but i can see where they're coming from but i guess i've just played with darcy in it for so long that i know i know the sequencing with darcy i know how it works like i know when to use and like Brian said, Brian's like, I don't understand why you wouldn't want Darcy. Like, you know, just the, it adds the aggressive, it adds an aggressive angle where you can be swinging for like three flying damage on turn two while you're just like having this combo in your back pocket that they're trying, having trouble to deal with. And this is my thoughts too, but I just had to try and cut it. And so I just think that I know, I know the play pattern better for like the Darcy variant. And even though I can't say whether or not the Darcy variant is better or not, I just in playing the deck i feel like i play the darcy variant more and i just feel better when playing it you know like it's not it might not even if it's like technically incorrect which it totally could be but just i enjoy it more and i do better with it and that's kind of that's where my values are and i think i will do better in tournaments where like i'm playing the version i want to play and i like and like i'm you know feel good about so i think i've Decide so kind of like to summarize everything I've using everything that I learned. I've come up. I've decided on my 76 uh, Oh, yeah, hold on. Go ahead, Brian Oh, no, 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 finish oh. your, finish your thought oh, yeah. uh, So my my 76 that I think this is probably gonna be mostly settled at least the main deck the sideboard You know always changes here and there depending what I'm feeling and of course crimson vow 2 might do things uh, But so I'm on so now I'm on blue red again, you know, the other thing too is uh, huge shout outs to Pensure, a uh, friend of the podcast, also like... Actually, I don't know what Discord he hangs out in, but we, we he's always in he, Zach's chat. And he's, he's in Mort's chat, chats. too. He's only yeah, chat yeah. on no Discords. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's a, he's a Twitch a Twitch chatty, but he's a, he's very good at Merktai, and I actually wound up facing him and beating him, but in some pretty close matches. But I was talking with him, because you know, he's always 
always looking to improve, you know, just like a talk, like talking about and talking about decks with him. You know, we, I was talking, I was talking, I was talking about how I've been tuning Breach, and he's talking about he's been turning tuning Murktide. He's like, you know, like I've tried, like I've tried adding Sagas, I've tried splashing green. He's he, like he's gone kind of similar to what I've done in like you know like he's picked a deck that he likes and he's tried to optimize it with you know far out left field choices and he said he told me like his conclusion after all this testing is that you know just like blue like going back to the solid blue red and focusing on the fundamentals and focusing on, on the deck does best and he's like you know like I told him like you know testing with the four color and the green variant and just kind of unsure and he's like you know just like you should like think about just trying the two color variant and just focusing on what the deck does best which I think is a really, you know, a good point. And focusing on what the deck does best is, you know, like I, I see this as like a pretty aggressive combo deck, you know, like it can, like Diablo's versions, like he cut a grinding station, he cut a Mox Amber, like making these small changes that like, you know, they don't seem super large, but you know, like if you want that turn two, turn three combo as often as you can, you want to max out on Embers, you want to max out on grinding stations. Like even though, you see between, not most of the time you've cast at least one Emery before you combo, which mills four cards and like you're, it's likely that you'll see a grinding station in your graveyard. So you only need three, adding the fourth one just kind of, even though it's clunky when you draw two, it just increases the chances of you just having your, your nut starts. And the other thing too is, I really, <laughs> I love Brainstone, you know, like I don't, I don't know why it's just like it's not even like sometimes honestly it's like it's pretty nutty uh when you know they've challenged you and like you've got a whole bunch of dead cards and recasting it with emery is and you know so good and other like fetching it to dig extra trees so i really like the card and you know it might not be the optimal card but i enjoy it and in the end you know i just have to kind of do what i want to do so i'm at 20 lens oh yeah go ahead brian Oh. <laughs> uh, I was just gonna say I think that that's that's just like solid advice doing what you want to do um, I was just gonna say that you know I've taken this now uh, I didn't manage to get to modern last week and I don't know that I'm gonna make it this week but um, you know I played in paper with the grinding breach deck and uh, even though I didn't do exceptionally well like I still had fun losing with it. And that to me is the hallmark of a great deck mm. because, and, and I don't know that it's necessarily like, you know, what's fun for me to lose with may not be fun for somebody else to lose with, <laughs> but you know, I think that's important because when you're losing, if you're having a bad time, you're probably tilting, which is going to make you play worse in subsequent matches. And so finding something that you enjoy losing with, I think is a really good thing, especially for a big event, because if you lose that first match and it tilts you to the moon and back, then like, you're just going to play like shit for the rest of that, unless you can get into the right headspace. But if you had fun losing with it, then like, okay, you're going to go into your next match feeling a lot better about things. Mm -hmm. So what I want to add there is, uh, one of your last deals was, uh, you would rather play your one or play your cards you like or playing the stock list and feel more comfortable with that. Um, mm. And I think that's extremely important because you're going to enjoy your deck more. You're going to... It's also correlated to what Brian just said. If you're enjoying your deck, you're going to do better either if you win or lose because you're going to keep up with the tempo. And let's say you replace a medium card, you replace a Bolt with your Bolt Crusher Giant you want to play. 99% of the game, you're not going to draw it. And the last remaining percent is going to be... Eight, in 0.8, the Bolt is going to be better and 0.2, the Shine is going to be better. So it's going to be almost irrelevant to anything but your own state of mind. So playing what you mm. like is going to help you more than this really small mathematical change 
in oh I changed a bolt for a gut shot because I wanted to kill a ragaman turn zero. If it yeah, happens, yeah, you're going to well enjoy said. it, and you're going to focus more because of that. And if it doesn't happen, it's one card. In my case, 85. In Chiski, 76. And in Brian's case, like a normal person, 75. The only one here playing a normal amount of cards. Yeah, that's, I think that's really well put, more. Yeah, so you know, just... You know, I'm gonna be rocking my old border brainstone. You know, definitely. Nice. Like, it just, like... Yeah, I just I love the card. I enjoy it, and it's fun, and I think it's good, and, you know, whatever. I guess, like, at this point... It's kind of in my play patterns. So we've got the 20 lands, Island, Minamo. Once again, Minamo is probably better as Spire Bluff Canal. I've definitely been punished a couple times where, <laughs> uh, you yeah, know, it's right. like, you, yeah, it's like you have a two land hand, you've got just like Island, Minamo, then you've got like Darcy, uh, Ragavan, you're like, man, if this Minamo was a, was a Spire Bluff, I'd be in, I'd be great, now I have to mulligan. But, you know, I love Minamo. It's cool. It's stylish. And when you get it active with Emery, it just feels so dirty. Uh, so, Island, Minamo, two Misties, two Mountains, four Tarns, one Spire Bluff, three Steam Vents, four Saga, two Wooded Foothills. So, 20 lands in total. Four, the full four Bobble, the full four Amber, uh, four Darcy, four Galvanic Blast. You know, once again, you know, the Galvanic Blast on Lightning Bolt on Holy Heat, I think they're all approximately the same. Like, sometimes they'll each be better. I'm going with Blast because Metal Craft's been pretty easy and, like, the four damage is, like, pretty relevant, especially in the with Darcy's now. Like, you can might just be able to aggro them down and blast them once or twice. Four Agavan, Aether Spellbomb, Shadow Spear, Drum, Brainstone, one Oracle, four Breach, three Iteration, you know, I think I think four just feels a little clunky. There's, I think, a little bit too much tension with Saga. Even though oftentimes you really want to draw the iteration, yeah, you know, I just oftentimes I just have a lot. Sometimes you just have too many sitting in your hand. Uh, like especially, you know, I'm trying. I think the other thing too is, this is more of like a fast combo version than like an extra grindy version. And because of that, you know, I think iteration is a great grinding card. It's a medium dig card. I mean, it costs two mana, which is not insignificant, and it. And it's it only takes us deep as zero visions. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's as the, and it does give you the card instantly, which is nice, but, you know, I found three is a good number. I'm on the four full grinding station, and then taking, you know, a nice note from Mar uh, from Diablo, I'm on one talisman of creativity, which has actually been, like, amazing. You have, like, if you go turn one, a zero drop or a one drop artifact, then you can go turn two talisman into Emery, and, you know, like, you're just off to the race, especially if you go, like, turn one, you know, just, like, land drum or even just like land yeah let's just like land drum turn two uh saga talisman emery you know just like you're you're doing very well uh, and then just four emery's <coughs> and so yeah that's then the sideboard is i'm not gonna go over it right now because like sideboard's still in flux but you know right now i like two spreading seas three metallic rebuke uh two unholy heat toward one crypt one python needle two dragon's law which i've found is like made the burn matchup actually like it's been so good in, against burn i'm they're super happy with it uh three engine explosives and then i have a one of mog salvage uh which <laughs> is nemesis reprinted in mon horizons 2 two in a red instant if you if your opponent controls an island you control a mountain you get to cast it for free destroy target artifact and the main reason i have this in is for um uh, the blue eyed control matchup is so that i can 
if this if mock salvage is in your is in my graveyard and if they have a, if they have a chalice out i can cast underworld breach and cast the mock salvage for free to kill the chalice and then combo which is you know kind of relevant because in the, the blue white matchup gets pretty grindy uh, i've done it once and anyways it's just it's cool and it's fun and you know it's a little spicy it's free spell sometimes you know maybe i can live the dream and spreading seize my opponent's thing and then i can <laughs> mog salvage it nice uh, <laughs> i guess that's unlike... really just spreading seize and follow my mog salvage it's oh yeah the, well the dream I, scenario i definitely i mean you know the the dream scenario is probably just spreading seas their urza saga and then hard cast the mog salvage but i would you know if i have to spreading seas their artifact land so i can mog salvage for free i'll do it you know i'm not afraid so that's the that's the list and you know i'm super happy with it so far i'm probably i think i'm probably done like testing the splashes and testing the super major revisions like i've got two like a little bit under three weeks from the tournament and you know i feel i feel pretty good like i'm just gonna keep playing in leagues and playing in the challenges and getting more experience and probably even you know just like start calling on people like fencier has offered hey you know just like i'll if you want to grind the blue white matchup you know like let me know and then you know, like I'll play the breach, like I can, so I can play my breach deck against a good blue white pilot on blue white, and like really get that matchup down. I I am I think it's wise that you're locking in at this point, and you're gonna just practice from here on out. But I did have some questions about potential includes. Yeah, so definitely. The, the green side of things, had you considered abundant harvest at all? Is that is that a terrible idea? I don't I don't see how it's better than serum visions. Okay, that's fair. Like abun abundant harvest, I think. It's really like the best way to use abundant harvest is you know, like if you can make it so that the grabbing a land is like super relevant. Like abundant harvest, I think is great with run insects and subsidizing low land counts. Where just like all you need is like if you have land abundant harvest run insects, you know, like that's probably better than land serum visions run insects. Oh uh, yeah. But yeah. while yeah. while we're not doing those sorts of things, and I have you know I I, I want <laughs> I want to be a camp tripping combo deck so bad, but I don't think this is it. Uh, the next question is, if you're in a white splash, what about um, Esper Sentinel? It both ups your artifact count, possibly draws you a card, you know, it eats removal. Um, yeah, I, I, I love the... I, I wish I could play Esper Sentinel. I just think the mana might be a little bit too difficult. Yeah, and also, like, I don't, don't quite know what I would cut for it. Like, you know, like, do I cut some of the... I mean, it's definitely... Yeah, I mean, it's probably something that I need to test. I was going to say, if, if the suggestion was to cut DRC, maybe that's a, what you replace the DRC with. Well, like, is it? I mean, it's kind of like does the same thing as DRC, where, like, it pressures and it might slow them down a little bit, but oftentimes won't do too much. Right, but it also ups your artifact count. So instead of, oh, cut DRC, it doesn't contribute to the Saga plan, and it also doesn't uh, contribute to the Ragavan plan... You can now say, oh, well, it doesn't contribute to the Ragavan plan, but it does contribute to, you know, drawing me towards my combo unless they remove it, in which case, cool, they it ate removal, but it's an artifact, so it is contributing to the Saga plan. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, the other thing, too, is, like, maybe you could cut the Ragavans for it, like, you know, like Darcy, because it is, it's really nice for, like, enabling them, etc. I guess I want it to be done, but now I probably have to test the White Splash. Thanks, Brian. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, it's, it's for the best. All right. Well, we are actually running out of time. We have a hard stop limit. Uh, so 
Let's take a very fast break and uh, just talk through some nonsense ideas that I have uh, on the back burner. Um, stay with us. All right, welcome back. So uh, we uh, just got done talking about two much more uh, fleshed out ideas and lists and things that are you know, sensible uh, decks that you could play in the leagues and challenges. And I am here to present an idea um, that I came up with after watching Zach beat down people with dwarf tokens on stream. Um, so Dwarven Mine and all of the Eldraine common land cycles uh, have been used in various ways throughout, um, you know, since their release in Modern. Um, we've seen the Witch's Cottage in play in some, like, Grixis decks and that sort of thing, or, like, the Rakdos decks. We've, uh, we've seen the Gingerbread Cabin for various uh, purposes, and we've seen Dwarven Mine in the Creativity decks. Uh, and so what I was really interested in is, like, how could we push on that a little bit more? The reason that I like the interaction so much, the reason that I'm really interested in this is because lands are incredibly hard to interact with. Unless the opponent has basically exactly Blood Moon, uh, getting to pick up and put down that Dwarven Mine is going to start to accrue you a ton of value. Not only do you get to spend the mana off of it, but you get a free creature. If I got a free Memnite with every land drop I made, I would be a very, very happy man. So this is really where the beginnings of this is. Um, and what I wanted to look at was pairing it with um, Wayward Guide Beast because uh, I had originally thought, all right, well, maybe we plug Zurin at Orb and Renin 6 into a list like this. And then we're sacrificing it. We're bringing it back with Renin 6, blah, blah, blah. But if I'm using Renin 6, I want to be recurring in Urza's Saga. That's just a much better land in a vacuum. So... Uh, I think the two of them do go together. I think that Ren and Six fix, fits in some of these shells, but the short version is I would like to build a list that is replaying uh, Dwarven Mine so that the opponent is just like, they have to remove the, the Mine tokens or they have to remove the Guide Beast, which you don't really care about. Guide Beast is a pretty low value creature. There's plenty of ways that we could recur it from the graveyard. If they exile it, oh well, you just exiled my like, one mana 2-2 two, two, that is arguably pretty bad unless I have a very specific set of cards out like the Dwarven Mine or the Gingerbread Cabin. So it feels like the start of a powerful interaction. Um, yeah, so that's kind of kind of my, my start. Do you have thoughts? Yeah, so I'm actually, I was looking at like the, you're going a little, jumping, skipping ahead in the notes a little bit at your possible <laughs> shells and the one that I had in my head actually lines up pretty perfectly with your, the red, green, dry, and explore for extra land drops, ren and six, etc. I've actually, you know, had something. I mean, Guide Beast has been pretty curious to me also because you know it's like you can play eight Goblin Guides. Like that sounds sick. Sure, it is a mm -hmm. downside, but I mean, you know, like have you ever been double? Have you ever been turned to like triple Goblin Guided against Burn? Like it sucks. It's no, like what? And you have sixteen amazing creatures now. You have the eight guides, Fragaman and Darcy. You can just go yep. 16 one drops and hope it's enough. Yep. Yeah. Like the other. So I, I was. For a while, I had like. I was thinking about a mono red list uh, with guidance using the back of my. In the back of my head. Uh, with like. Instead of Darcy, like you. Or maybe even you can have Darcy too. But you have Ragavan uh, and uh, the uh, Zergo. Like the other red legend. Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. Mox Amber can kind of help subsidize like returning the lands and like losing tempo. Yes. Yes. So like you know like turn one Ragavan Mox Amber Guide Beast like swing like your opponent's in a lot of trouble and then like 
you know like even if let's say that guide beast connects like you pick up your land next turn you can still play a land and you still have two red mana so you can like cast another goblin guy and like now you're swinging for six with the ragavan and so that's been kind of curious to me and the red green dryad explorer you know like lotus cobra i think could be interesting in that ren and six helping to make up for those things mox amber you know like ragavan is a legend ren and six is a legend to kind of help subsidize so i think if i were if i were interested in this i think like the two ones you like the mana red the mana red with just like um uh, urza saga i think that's also a good one but then yeah like the red green dry and explore to kind of make up for all the everything that you're losing and maybe even lotus cobra because i really i don't know my one regret is like not exploring more lotus cobra Uro, ren and six shells like i feel like i really missed out it yeah i would mess with it a little bit and the, you know we go like turn two lotus cobra just like turn three you go fetch renin six or you go fetch uro into renin six grab the thing back it's just like you're flying and i think i think i think lotus cobra is like kind of better than people give it credit for even though it's, they don't it once again it's so fragile but it's super powerful so i, li I like the red green idea and also like a mono red one would be my two places to start you know how to, you can you know how you can do that for mox amber uh ancient stirrings or yeah yeah, yeah. And then you can just play with the beast. Construct, yeah. get it back, construct, and hope it's enough. Also, I just well, realized that the white one in the cycle is unplayable. Uh, the Heliod decks in Pioneer used to play it. <laughs> okay, Mono White Devotion can play it, because it's free. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, is, it, is, it is definitely the weakest one, like in, like in general with these things. But yeah, I would go, you know, I think Mono Red or the Red Green would be the places that I'd start. I do, if you... 100%. Drop me any lists, you know, I definitely, once again, this is something I was doing in the back of my mind, so I would be curious to <laughs> to test them out or at least make some changes. I, I have tried the red-green with Explore and Dryad. Um, Dryad actually felt slightly underwhelming, surprisingly. Uh, Explore was great, though. Um, I've, I don't know. I've tried a bunch of really bad stuff. This is kind of circling back to what I had said earlier. Like, I try a lot of things that I know are going to be bad because I'm testing the interactions, not necessarily the complete list. And... Mm -hmm. The Guide Beast Mine interaction did feel powerful. Um, I think that you need a, an abundance of removal spells so that you can make sure that it pushes through. If you went in the dried in your dried builds, were you playing with Valakit? I was not, but I probably should have been. Yeah, I was gonna say like it's I I don't think I'd put dried in a deck that didn't have Valakit in it to be honest. It's yeah. such a good plan B on its own. That's yeah. insane. Well, and, and knowing that you want to have Ragavan, getting ways for Ragavan to connect. Ah, that was it. So, uh, in the red-green list, you were talking about subsidizing it with Mox Amber. Actually, I think that playing things like the Noble Hierarch or the Ignoble Hierarch are brilliant here because those Exalted mm. triggers really stack up. And the Hierarchs, the Mana Dorks, start to subsidize your Guide Beast. If they remove the Dorks, oh well. If they don't, you now have a 2-2 that turns into a 3-3 or a 4-4 with Trample. <laughs> Uh, trample is often overlooked on the guide beast, but you know pumping oh, it anyways. Yeah, I didn't know it had trample. That's hilarious. It has trample well, and all, and it has trample as a downside. So even yes, if you hit for exactly. one, you 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 oh, turn. Oh, interesting. Right. So then this this also circles back to you got to take all of the pieces of the card. It has trample. So how do we maximize that trample? We want to punch people in the face as hard as we can. That's how we maximize the trample. Yeah, no, I like I like I like the four noble hierarch idea. All right. Well, I know that we are running very tight on time. Um, 
So before we uh, go over time here, uh, more. do you have any last thoughts on this idea or shell? I, Looking at your shells and what we had discussed previously, I agree this might be the strongest one. Either try to maximize the ETVs with Royal plus Malakut, Orus plus Saga, or making Dwarfs as a plan B, because you can probably fit all of those in the same shell, because you're only playing one or two colors at most. Mm -hmm. I do like the idea of either going for, I think it's either one or the other, of going with the Mox Amber plus a bunch of legendary cards. And you can also make a Ragavan token if you play, what's the name of the card? What's this two mana Very make sad. a Ragavan? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you can play that and four Suros, and that should allow you to play Mox Amber with 12 cheap, cheap legendaries, or you can go for the Dark Plan. I do like staying for mono rare and going for a really loud to the ground mono rare, 16 one drops, a few low to the curve legendaries, and just smacking your opponent in the face. And, and add you can Fury, just... so you can pitch your extra cards you don't yep. need. You yep. have for Furies, you can even like, and you can pretty likely just play the Forest Assassin in a mono red shell with zero downside. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to be working on that a little bit in the weeks to come. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how that develops. And uh, I guess uh, Zach isn't here to say it's time for bumps and dumps, baby. Woo! I hope I did it ju justice there. Uh, but uh, Emiliano, what you got for us this week? Um, well, regarding bumps, I have I have quite a, a lot, likely. I got finally, I finally got the PT invite, which I was waiting for. The confirmation Woo! that I'm going. That's exciting! Congrats, congrats! Thanks. Damn. I got my two kittens, and I'm making plans. Like I can focus full time on magic starting either December or beginning of next year. That's awesome! So, nice. That's great. Oh, oh yeah, you. I, it's a new month, Mord. You owe me a new Dono deck. What should I talk you with now? You are whatever you want. I'm a free man. Yeah, this is yeah. You're also you can, like good you can make me anything. play anything you want. I as long as it, like the baseline is M Hayashi pile. It has to be better than M Hayashi mono white or whatever M Hayashi is working on. All right, all right. We'll I'll, we'll have I'll probably what I'll ask Brian for one of for his red green list. I'll of course play it in a heads up. I'll make Bri like ten changes and I'll give it to you. Brian can also make me play any leg list. So. <laughs> Make sure you oh, don't yeah. suggest the same one. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to steal the spotlight here for a second, and uh, I also have a long list of bumps. I'm going to say a big bumps to Cave Dan. Um, a, for Faithless Brewing in general. B, for his PTQ invite, uh, if you haven't listened to the most recent episode. Yes. Um, actually, I don't even know if it's it's in the most recent episode. No, it's not. It's it was so yesterday. Yeah. We, we just yeah. followed the Womad Courier episode. Yeah. Womad Courier saying anything that happened. <laughs> Well, yeah, so, uh, wait, what happened? I didn't hear about this. He played in a paper PTQ uh, for Pioneer, and he won. So he We're going to the PT uh, together. PT. We're going to That's the PT with Cave Dan. We're playing the same one. It's insane. Well, what, what was he playing? Go, Dan. Fucking Pioneer good Phoenix. job. Except didn't he cut the Phoenixes for crap? Yeah, it was Pioneer Phoenixless. Good for Go, Dan. Awesome. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, big bumps there. Um, big bumps to our co-host Zach for a being out there playing in the face-to-face -face day two. We love you, buddy. We hope you're winning. Uh, Hell yeah! We still love you even if you're not. Um, also, big uh, bumps. No, to no. If you don't win, you can't come back on the podcast, Zach. That's don't the rule. That, don't say no, 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 no. <laughs> of course uh, not. You're always welcome back. 
big bumps to both Zach and Emiliano here for being the new co-hosts of Faithless Brewing. You are now uh, co-hosts four and five, so it's exactly. very exciting. That was um, my following bump. I got my bump stolen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I well, I you don't get to bump yourself for that. I, I'm bumping. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, just great news all around. And yeah, it makes me happy. Week. Yeah, exciting. All right, uh, let's see. I'm gonna bump two. I've already bumped to this, but woo, you know. Oh, what do we got there? Those plums? Uh, passion fruits. Passion Huge fruits. bag of them. Yeah, or maracuja. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's funny. I've uh, one of my friends is from Mexico City, and he recently moved to Portland. And we were talking, and I was talking about how much of a passion fruit, and he's like, "Oh, like, are those maracuja?" And then like the next day, you message me, you're like, "Wait, Arun, like, do you mean maracuja?" I'm just like, "Wow, how funny!" Like, yes, time is, is yeah. So, uh, passion fruit is amazing. Just fruit is. Uh, once again, big bumps to Mord. Uh, also getting to record the podcast with Mord. Super fun. Uh, definitely huge bumps to z and Diablo XSC for just, uh, you know, just helping with the breach list. And there's big bumps to the breach list in general where I've really enjoyed tuning it. And it's been so cool. Huge bumps to the Discord to see the Discord coming in and just like cu- making all these suggestions. Grixism, Soren for like taking it up to and just like, the Discord community is amazing. Yeah, it's like it's, you guys have made it's actually actually amazing. I haven't seen any dispute, any fighting. It's just overwhelming possibility and brewing. It's pretty nice. Yeah, it, I you know it's I love the collaboration and like the gathering part of Magic, and it feels it feels like a team effort and a collaboration, and it you know just makes me very happy because you know it's just like every time I play in paper, I get to talk to my opponents, and you know like even if I get crushed by like a. Monar Red by a red white burn hybrid prowess Luris deck, you know, it's still just like enjoyable, nice talking with them. And then I suppose to Magic Online, if that deck were to crush me, if, especially if I were like 3 0 and like I lose that in the league, I'd be salty as hell. <laughs> like, how dare, like, how dare they? Like, I was on my way to a trophy and this, like, right at the stage with Goblin Guide, and like, what the hell is this nonsense? But it is just, you know, the gathering and the interactions. And then once again, big bumps to Vegas. I'm super excited to go. Gonna do my best. Gonna be a whole bunch of people there. I think I'll likely see a bunch of people I know, which is also really exciting. I don't even plan to, you know, reach out to them or until like I see them in the hall, which is oftentimes <laughs> what happens. But it'll be, you know, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm super excited. Just big bumps to the Magic community in general. At least, uh, at least the small communities that I'm a part of. Hell yeah! All right. Well, we are tight on time. So with that, goodbye everybody. Have a good week. Goodbye guys. Thanks so much for having me here. Come on, I say. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to episode 29 of the Serum Visions podcast. If you like what we do and you want to get in touch with us, you can find us at twitter.com slash serumvisionsmtg, email us at serumvisionspod at gmail.com, or join us on Discord from the link from the episode description of your podcast player or at serumvisions.podbean.com.
yeah, cats cuddling, kittens cuddling. So cute. That is pretty cute. Amazing. They're just like us. They just want to be loved. They just, they just want some them. validation. They just want to know that their existence means something. That's all. That's what all we want to know, too. We're not so different. <laughs> Damn, she got deep in a matter of seconds. Oh, yeah. yeah. These, are, these thoughts are always on my mind. <laughs> I just want to know we matter. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, like to summarize humanity, like very simply, you know, <laughs> everyone is just trying to make sure that, like, they matter somehow.